And uh, so today is our fourth session. Um, thanks, Diza. We need a couple here at the front, and uh, appreciate that. Um, and so today we're talking about ways in which God speaks. And I've been encouraged by different ones who have come and talked to me and said how much they are, are learning from this. And um, anybody else need a set of notes? Over here, Diza, and Marcella up here, and our sister over here. Great. You got some? You need some? Oh. James at the front here. Great. And Marcella. I've been encouraged by the comments I've received in talking with people on uh, just what they're learning and how it's helping them in their conversation, uh, relationship with the Lord. And so uh, that's been encouraging to me. If others of you, maybe you've got testimonies of, of what God is saying and how he's speaking to you in, in the homework. Um, let's have a little uh, honesty moment. How many of you are doing at least some of the homework? I won't ask how many are not doing anything because then, um, but are you praying? That's part of the homework. And, and listening. And, and I trust you're experimenting with journaling. You know how when you, you are asking the Lord a question, you put the pen on the paper and you believe he's going to speak to you and give you thoughts and you're going to just start writing. And uh, journaling is one of the most amazing um, elements to have in your devotional life or your relationship with the Lord because you can go back and read it again and uh, to see what God is saying to you and, and, uh, and what you're learning from it. And these are probably some of the most exciting moments as we learn together because it's not just hearing the word, it's also doing it. Amen? Because if you're just hearing it, you know, it's, not, it's not going to be the effective way as if you do the word and practice the word so we have practicums, we have homework, we have a little quiet session at the end of the message, and so um, we'll, we'll uh, explain that a little more as we go along. But we're going to touch today on a few of the uh, infinite ways in which God speaks and how he communicates with us. Job chapter 33 verse 14 says, God speaks in different ways and we don't always recognize his voice. God speaks in different ways and we don't always recognize his voice. And then we're going to talk about some of the most common ways of, of him communicating with us. But in scripture, one of the ways that God has communicated with man is through an audible voice. How many of you ever, have ever heard God in an audible voice? Anybody? I don't know if I've heard the audible voice of God. Um, I've heard the audible voice of my dad when I th- thought it was God. Um, you know, but um, the audible voice, that's one of the ways that God communicates to him. To his people. Now, in Scripture, we uh, in Samuel, you, we can read the story in Samuel where um, God was speaking and He was calling Samuel, Samuel, and he, he'd run to Eli and thought Eli was calling him. We know the story, and eventually Eli clued in as well and said, "When you hear him calling again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening." In the New Testament, Paul on the road to Damascus in the ninth chapter of Acts. He heard God say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he got knocked flat in his backside, and God got his attention. The story of Francis Schaeffer, who was a Christian philosopher, and his young family needed temporary housing during a transition time, but they had very little money. They really needed a minor miracle from the Lord, and in prayer, Schaeffer asked God, Where can we live? Lord, please show us. The story is told that Francis Schaeffer immediately heard an audible voice, not a voice in his mind or another human person, for he was all alone. The voice simply said, Uncle Harrison's house. Though perfectly clear, the answer made no sense to Francis Schaeffer. His uncle was living in a house, 
It was very unlikely he would offer his house for them to live in, yet the voice was so direct to Francis Schaeffer that he felt he had to obey it. So he wrote a letter to his uncle asking him what he planned to do with his house for the next year. He was astonished when he got a reply from his uncle saying that he planned to live with his brother for the next year and would like to offer his house free of rent to Schaefer and his family for that year. God spoke to him in an audible voice. Now God speaks in other ways too. God has spoken through angels. Abraham was spoken to that way. Joshua, Balaam, Gideon, Samson's parents, Isaiah, Daniel, Manoah's nameless wife. In the New Testament, angels gave directions to Philip, to Cornelius. So angels were involved as well in communicating God's message. Now there's other phenomena as well. Moses experienced the burning bush, and from the burning bush, God spoke to him. Balaam, you know the story of Balaam. I hope we're never so stubborn that God has to use donkeys to talk to us. And, uh, but that's how he got Balaam's attention. Belshazzar and Daniel, there was writing on the wall. Gideon, there was a fleece. Friends, God refuses to limit himself to only one way of communicating to us. He can use any means he wishes. After all, he is God, amen? And he can use whatever means he wants. So we're going to look at some of the most common ways in which God speaks to his people today. Dreams and visions. How many of you have ever had a dream or a vision that you felt was from God? Anybody? Way up, way up. Now look around, see? Many have received dreams and visions. Joseph learned through two dreams what his future would be. The sun, the moon, the 11 stars bowed to him. The Magi were warned in a dream not to return to Jerusalem after seeing the Christ child. Visions are similar to dreams except that those receiving them are awake. A dream is when you're asleep. A vision is when you're awake. In the Old Testament, God appeared to Abraham in a vision confirming his promise to grant him a son. In the New Testament, Peter received a vision transforming his attitude towards the Gentiles when that that sheet came down and there was food on there that Peter was uh, unaccustomed and not willing to partake of and God transformed his attitude toward Gentiles. So God spoke in the Old Testament, the New Testament. God spoke also, uh, you know, post-Scripture. St. Augustine, have you ever heard of St. Augustine? Uh, St. Augustine uh, had become a professor and his brilliance was very well known. However, he'd given himself over to a full-time occupation of drunkenness, sexual immorality, and turning people away from the one true God with his philosophical speculations. His mother, Monica had come close to utter despair several times, but labored on in prayer for Augustine's salvation. When he was 19, his mother Monica had a dream in which she and her son were walking hand in hand in heaven. So she knew that God was speaking to her, and the dream encouraged her to intensify her prayers. But after years of praying for her son, seemed to only be growing farther away from God. Have you ever been praying for somebody and they seem the more you pray, the farther they're running? And, uh, but that's what, what Monica was finding out. The more she prayed, the farther he seemed to move from God. She sobbed and, and, uh, and so she was trying to enlist a, she's crying and, and concerned about it. She was trying to enlist a well-respected church leader, asking him if he would speak to Augustine, but the leader wisely refused, knowing that it would only serve to harden Augustine's heart even further. And he responded to her and he said, Woman, it is impossible for the son of those tears to perish. Think about that for a moment. It is impossible for the son of those tears to perish. We all know, and I want to remind us, not that the prayers of fathers aren't powerful, but there is something about A mother's prayers. There's just something about it. And so uh, she uh, took great encouragement. She continued on in prayer. Nine years after Monica's dream, Augustine is sitting in a garden, still an unbeliever, 
when he heard an audible voice speak the words, take it and read, take it and read. And the words were coming over and over in a sing-song voice of a child's nursery song. At first he thought the voice must be some child playing nearby. But there were no children. And he'd never heard this child's song before. And he sensed the voice was a divine command from heaven to open the scriptures and read. And so he took up the Bible. He opened the Bible and his eyes fell on Romans chapter 13, verse 13. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Now that's amazing. The Holy Spirit convicted Augustine. He was miraculously transformed and he would go down in history as Saint Augustine. When Monica had come close to despair, first, God gave her a dream to encourage her to keep praying. When she came to another low point, secondly, God gave her a prophetic word from a bishop of the church. And when the time was right in his eyes, third, God the Father sent his audible voice to a rebellious son. And fourth, opened his heart through the words of Scripture. Four different ways that God communicated in that one instant in a family's life. In the fourth century, God was still speaking through dreams, prophetic words, his audible voice, and words of Scripture. So for people to say that, you know... Way back when God stopped speaking and he doesn't say anything anymore. It's just a scripture and there's nothing else. Friends, let me tell you, God is still speaking today. And he's still speaking in, in these methods and many others that we're going to talk about. And he wants to talk to you and I. That's why Jesus went to the cross, that we might have a relationship with the Heavenly Father, that we might have conversation with him, that he might converse with us and tell us things and teach us and lead us by his spirit and by his word. God speaks in dreams and visions to unsaved people as well. Pilate's wife had a dream about Jesus and warned her husband that Jesus was innocent and he shouldn't condemn him. Even the pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, had a vision from God concerning his future. And God said through Peter that dreams, visions, and other prophetic experiences would become commonplace. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, as he's quoting from the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. Friends, God is still speaking today. And many, if not all of you, have experienced in some way God speaking to you. I'm sure you have heard and read accounts today of the numerous uh, Muslim people who are seeing visions and experiences with Jesus Christ. It just excites me to hear stories and accounts. And if you've got some, please email us, let us know of these experiences you're having with God, because even in sharing them, it helps to solidify that experience and that um, time that you've had with the Lord in your own life. There's another way. God speaks through other people. very common way God speaks to us today is through other people. That's why the Holy Spirit has given so many speaking gifts to the church. Preaching and teaching. God has used preachers, such as Peter, Paul, Apollos, to proclaim the truth. We've we heard that in scripture and, and preachers today, they're essential for people to hear God's word. First Thessalonians 2.13, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as it actually is the word of God. The word of God. And this preaching and teaching can come in the form of writing books as well. I mean... Podcast. There's so many ways now and with technology that God has of communicating truth and teaching and preaching for all of us to uh, receive. 
One of the other speaking gifts is prophesying. Prophecy is listed as one of the New Testament gifts of the Spirit in Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians. Agabus prophesied a famine would sweep the known world in Acts chapter 11. There's words of knowledge, and we don't have time to go into them all, but there's words of knowledge, there's words of wisdom, there's the interpretation of tongues, and scriptures to back those up. The speaking gifts that God has employed by his Holy Spirit to communicate with his people. And then there's the one I want us to spend a few minutes on this morning, is that still, small voice. Still, small voice. This is perhaps the most common way in which God speaks to us today. Elijah heard it in First Cap in First Kings chapter nineteen, and he said, "Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord." And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Job referred to the voice of God as a whisper in Job 26. Verse 14, Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? Now this inner voice takes the form of thoughts. Sometimes we have some difficulty with this, but the inner voice takes the form of thoughts that are our thoughts, though tangibly they're not from us. Okay, the, takes the form of thoughts. There are thoughts, but not tangibly from us. Nehemiah described it as putting it into his heart. Nehemiah 7.5. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. God put it into his heart. Now, did God take it and do a medical you know, procedure, and no, it was a thought, came to be his thought, and into his heart. One of the ways we can know that these thoughts, these are the Holy Spirit's thoughts, is if we receive them after we've asked God for wisdom about a particular matter. Scripture says, now for the believer, Scripture says, if we ask God for wisdom, 10% of the time, he will give you wisdom. No. If we ask, he'll give us wisdom. So if you're praying for wisdom, and you're asking God for wisdom, and these thoughts are coming from the Lord in response to your prayers, rest assured, they're coming from him. They're coming from the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Now, friends, these Holy Spirit thoughts, they may also be attended by feelings to a greater or lesser degree as the Holy Spirit operates with a word upon our hearts. This is particularly true in instances such as um, people who have just come to faith in Christ and they've accepted Christ and they've repented of their sin and they're just sensing the Lord's presence and the Lord speaking to them and there's this emotion, this feeling of they just begin to cry and there's joy and and so these this communication from the Lord of being forgiven is accompanied with feelings and emotion maybe. Some of you, uh, for me, I, I remember when um, I was working in a, in a pulp mill in the town of Castlegar, and I was earning some money, and I was thinking about, uh, originally I, was, I wanted to join the Air Force because I wanted to be a pilot. I thought if I joined the Air Force and learned how to fly, then perhaps I could become a missionary pilot. 
and fly one of those planes. And, and uh, you know, um, when I heard the story of, uh, you know, the missionaries to the Aka Indians and how they flew in there and gave their lives, I thought, man, being a missionary pilot would be great. Whether it's over there or maybe up in Northwest Territories and flying into those places, it'd be just awesome. And while I was working the pulp mill, um, God said, no, you're not going to be uh, um, go to the Air Force. What helped me as well was when I heard you had to sign on for five years. And if you want out early, you've got to pay your way out. And I thought, no, five years is an awfully long time. You know, and so I, I didn't do that. And then God just really laid on my heart that, and, and it was an emotional moment for me at, at summer camp where I just really sensed from the Lord that... Uh, he was calling me to pastor. I didn't know what that really meant. I didn't, I didn't know the, the highs, the lows, and all the things that company with it. I just knew. And there was just an emotion that came over me as, as God just confirmed and spoke to me that that's what I was supposed to do. And when I graduated from Bible college, our district superintendent told us, and I've shared this story other times, there was three senses you needed if you're going to go into ministry. And I only remember two of them. Two out of three is not bad after 44 years, I guess. Uh, one was you had, to, you had to maintain a sense of humor. And friends, you have helped me maintain a sense of humor. The third one that I remember is a sense of the calling of God. And the sense of the calling of God is what has kept me doing what we're doing. Because there's times when, you know, the enemy wants to whatever and different offers and whatever comes, but a sense of the calling. And there was, this is an emotional, it was a God speaking to me with emotion and feeling attached to it. And many of you have experienced that, whether it be salvation or some dramatic uh, change in course in life or, or occupation or whatever, where, where God chose to speak to you, not just with words or thoughts, or, but with feelings and emotion. And God speaks to us that way too. If we're meditating on Scripture and require wisdom or guidance... Uh, sometimes this emotion, this feeling, distinguishes the rhema from the Logos word to us. You know, that word that God just spoke to us, like, you know, it just kind of grips you. It just kind of, yes. And there's this accompaniment. As we're learning to hear his voice, in the early stages, we're not as certain in discerning between our thoughts and his thoughts. So he may assist us in, in our hearing more. But I want to tell you, the dramatic audible, you know, lights in the sky, whatever communication that some of you talk about, that dramatic communication is not a sign of maturity. Not a sign of maturity, just because there's been some explosive type of communication by God to you. And we'll get into that a little later, but the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they experienced and they said this in Luke 24. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They were trying to describe a sensation that was happening inside of them. There was this emotion, there was this feeling that was going on as Jesus was opening the scriptures to them. In speaking of the effect of Stephen's charges against the religious leaders for resisting the Holy Spirit, Luke writes in Acts 7.54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Man, you talk about conviction. They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. That ever happened to you when you were witnessing to somebody about Jesus Christ, where there was such conviction that came on them, that there was this, almost this violence that came out of them. And all you were doing was sharing about the love of Jesus Christ or what he's done for you. There is the conviction. There is this operating as, as the Spirit of God is speaking to their hearts. And today, people also refer to it in other ways. A conviction, a prompting, or an impression. But all are talking about the same inner voice. Friends, whether it's an audible voice, whether it's a dream, whether it's a vision, whether it's... Uh, um, any of those things. The outcome is always the same. God is using different people, forms, whatever. But he's always aimed at our heart. 
at our human spirit. He's always wanting to communicate there. And you may experience in your life, maybe there's been an impression or a thought that, that came to you that you sense you should do something. Let me share with you an illustration that I read just the other day from a uh, gentleman, a, a pastor from BC. In fact, he's the uh, pastor who performed or who officiated at my, my brother's um, homegoing, his funeral, uh, last December. And so uh, Tim Schindel on his Facebook page was writing the other day. He's uh, riding his motorcycle, going somewhere on this motorcycle trip, and I forget where he's going, but he, he writes this, and I want to share this with you. He says, I got to do a pretty cool thing today. But there's a bit of a story connected to it. I'm traveling cross-country over the next few days by motorcycle, so the need to take a break and sometimes charge my phone arises from time to time. This afternoon, I pulled off the highway and into McDonald's for a coffee and a charge. When I asked about an outlet, I was directed to the play place. Truth be told, I wasn't overly excited about it. Just before I was about to leave, two boys came in with an order of fries and a couple of drinks. They were old enough to be alone, but still young enough that the play place had some attraction for them. One was a shorter Asian boy and the other a tall, thin black boy. As they walked in, I just happened to notice the black boy's oversized but completely worn out Nike fly knits. His big toes were fully through on both shoes, and when he walked away from me, I noticed the sole of one shoe was barely still there. When they sat down at the table next to me, it was pretty easy to see that his feet were about the same size as mine. To say that I had a strong impression about what to do is an understatement. But how exactly does a 50-something male give shoes to a young boy in today's world? I did my best to shake the feeling because the only shoes I had with me were my ever harder to find Saucony Converas. But the impression to help the boy wouldn't pass. I decided I'd ask a a manager to help me out. McDonald's managers are always a bit nervous when you ask ask to speak with them. This poor lady thought I was going to complain, but you should have seen her light up when I told her I wanted to help her to help me give away my running shoes. She came to my motorcycle and kept asking why I was doing this. My best and only answer was that I had been so blessed, I wanted to be a blessing to someone else in this way. She took the shoes to the boy and then brought him out to the parking lot. I was hoping to be anonymous, to be an anonymous angel, but it didn't work out that way. Long story short, I got to meet him, wish him well, And see him wearing his new shoes. I'll never forget the sight of his black feet wearing his new to him lime green Converis. He was a bit bewildered what happened. I did a happy dance flying down the highway. It really is more blessed to give than to receive. It's amazing how when we respond to an impression, right? A thought that comes, that becomes our thought to do something in this regard. Now how many know? The devil isn't going to get you to do that, right? He's going to want to get you to keep what you have and to get more or whatever. But here's an imp- And so you have probably had those same things where maybe you've been downtown. Maybe you, you've seen somebody and you thought, I've just got to try and help that person. Or, you know, I've got to give them a little spare change. I've got to do this. And there's this thought or this impression, this leading of the Lord. Perhaps God speaks to us more often than we really will admit. And when we respond to that, as he did, and later on one of the comments were that it was great that the manager from McDonald's was there to witness it so that when the boy got home, his mother didn't accuse him of taking the shoes from somebody in a wrong way. But there was a witness to it. So maybe there's some things that God has been speaking to you about and you've been ignoring it. Maybe it's to phone somebody. Maybe it's just to stop by and... Say hi to someone. Maybe it's just to encourage someone. Maybe it's to help them out in some need. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's just to stop for a brief few moments and ask somebody how they can pray for you. Maybe it's to respond as 
Bernie this morning just sensing that this is a time to, to pray for this family. And as he did, then there's another confirmation of what God was saying. And then as a whole church, we got to enjoy what God was doing in the life of a couple who, in this world and life, have become so messed by the enemy. But we know that God is in the transforming business. Amen? Because they look, look in the mirror. He's transformed you. Maybe you weren't quite as much of a mess, or maybe you were worse. But sin is still sin, right? Now God transformed our lives too. Domesticated animals and pets learn to accurately recognize the voice of their master by experience. You know how that is when any of you have pets. They recognize your voice by experience and time. And similarly, we humans learn from experience about how to distinguish colors, how to distinguish musical notes. No psychologist or philosopher can even begin to give us an explanation for that. And learning to distinguish God's voice is no different. You learn to recognize God's voice through experience. So don't quit. Don't give up. I mean, it's the same way. You can't explain how to distinguish between your thoughts and the Spirit's thoughts. But you just can. Talking about experience, anyone, anything worth learning is worth practicing. Now, I don't think any of us remember when we were little and we were just learning to walk. Maybe you remember those days. I don't remember those days. But your parents would. And when you're just learning to walk, you learn to walk by practicing. You learn to talk by practicing. You learn to play a certain sport by practicing. These folks on the platform learn to play instrument by practicing. Now, I know there's the supernatural gifting of God to play an instrument. I'm not... Putting that aside. But even at that point, they still practice. Playing a sport, you practice. You just have seen me those early days when I was prior to getting married and I was first church way up in the Yukon and I would stand in the, in the bathroom of the small parsonage and I've told many t- people that the bathroom was sm- so small you had no room in there to change your mind. You had to know why you were going in before you went in. But I would go in and stand in front of the mirror and I would practice preaching. Now that was the most comical thing. That's, that would have maybe been one of the funniest home videos, but I would practice preaching. And after a while I'd have to keep my eyes shut because as I looked at myself, I'd start to laugh. Now, if you read some of those early sermons, you probably would have said you didn't practice enough. But, you know, there, there's just... Whether you call it practice or experience or whatever, but you still don't rely on that. We still need God to help us. But whatever is worth doing is worth practicing. And hearing and listening to God is something that we're encouraging you with the homework and the practice to practice spending time and listening to God and hearing him and allowing him to speak to you in the ways that he wants to speak to you. There's been times when um, um, I've had some very dramatic experiences with God. I remember on one occasion, um, God had been speaking to to my life and into Marilyn's life, and, and we were we were just seeking God in in uh, in just allowing Him to to free us from um, past baggage and stuff and. And so I was going through the um, Steps to Freedom by um, what was his name? Oh, Neil Anderson. So I had the booklet. I was in my office. And uh, I thought, okay, uh, I, I probably should get on my knees because I, I need to get down as low as I can get because if I'm going to, you know, anything's going to happen, I want to be down low. And so I was kneeling there and going through the step to freedom. And as God began to reveal some things and speak to me, it was one of the most dramatic experiences of my life. You talk about a combination of hearing the whisper of God, the, the still small voice, the, there was no audible things happening, but uh, you talk about impacting of the emotion and the feelings 
of the love of God. You know what I think, friends? I think that every one of us need to have multiple times when we take some time with the Lord and allow him to, in his manner and way, to reveal to us his tremendous, tremendous love. If you're praying and asking God for wisdom, and the thoughts that come to you are judgment and condemnation, those are not from God. Um, He doesn't come to condemn you. He doesn't come to do that. And we'll we'll see a verse in a moment, but... And we need to have those times, and sometimes those are emotional moments. And for me, that was an amazing, amazing time. You know, God's voice can be firm and clear, but it's never a demanding tone. The devil's demanding. He puts demands on us. In fact, the voice of God it has a spirit of peacefulness and confidence, of joy, sweet reasonableness, even if it's a big request or calling, or vision for our future. Notice in James 3.17, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. If the internal voice that is coming to you creates confusion and and agitation, it isn't God's voice. And so we dismiss it. God does not come to bring confusion and agitation of our spirit. The scriptures have some important things to say about how we hear God through thoughts. First, we don't naturally have access to God's thoughts and his mind. But because of Christ, now listen, because of Christ, we have the potential to access his thoughts and his mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. (laughs) We have the mind of Christ. What an incredible spiritual heritage and birthright to have access to the mind of God, whose thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. Isaiah 55 And verse 8 says, And our access is through the Spirit of God who is given to every believer. Every believer. 1 Corinthians 2.11, latter part says, In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. God's thoughts are communicated to us in our human spirit. The place of our self-awareness and self-knowledge, according to 1 Corinthians Proverbs 20, verse 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, that's an interesting verse. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. It is the spirit of man that is the lamp of the Lord. The place where God, through his thoughts, reveals or illumines, hence the lamp. He illumines to us the truth about ourselves, our world, and himself. It's in the human spirit that becomes the lamp of the Lord that illumines to us the thoughts and wisdom of the the Lord. So the spirit of man is like your tablet, is like your iPad. The spirit of man is the tablet where God writes down his messages to us into our spirit. Here God illumines matters like the candle in the dark. Here's where our thoughts intermingle so that they come out as His thoughts intermingle so that they come out as our thoughts. But there's a warning. This gentle word, which bypasses our physical senses to go directly to our spirit, where he writes, may be easily disregarded by some who think that that only the more explosive communications are the real thing. Unless it's the you know, sensational, unless it's the, you know, God spoke to me in a vision, an angel showed up to me, God spoke in an audible, unless it's that way, that it's not God. Friends, the still small voice is to remind us that every communication of God, whether it be audible, sensational, whatever, still small voice, is to get to our human spirit. 
is to get to our human spirit. It's the same thing. And so, if we understand the still small voice, it demystifies the spectacular communication that come via our physical senses, hearing an audible voice or seeing an angel, and elevates the still small voice to the same level of importance. So whatever the communication method that God uses, they are of equal importance. I remember as a kid, I don't know, we might have been six or seven or eight years old, and, you know, it's the age when kids like to, you know, build a fort and sleep outside and, you know, do those kind of things. And, and so my brother and I and my mom helped us. We built this, you know, our first attempt at constructing a fort in the backyard and, so we're sleeping out there the first night. Now, I'm a very, generally a very sound sleeper, and I can go to sleep very quickly. Um, I understand that, you know, head hits pillow, you're out, you know? I mean, it's, it's that kind of a thing. And so I was true to form, and I'm sound asleep. My brother wakes me up, middle of the night. Can you see them? Can you see them? See what? The angels, can you see them? Now, he wasn't looking like an angel and wasn't acting like one. And I'm looking, and I'm looking where he's pointing. I see nothing. And I go back to sleep. The next day, he tells me, you didn't see them, did you? I, no, I didn't see them. Now, because my brother saw angels and I didn't see angels, does that make him more spiritual or God loves him more and he wants to communicate with him? No. Every form of communication, whether it be in your thoughts, the still small voice, the audible voice, whatever, does not dictate maturity. In fact, if we want to do that, I'm wondering perhaps maybe listening and hearing the still small voice of God may be a sign, uh, and I want to be careful with it, may be a signal of more maturity because you don't need necessarily the spectacular to get your attention. I don't know, just a thought. I'm not trying to make one better than the other. That's So if you hear, you're hearing the still, small voice of God, you're not hearing the audible voice, you're not necessarily seeing an angel or dreams and visions, it doesn't matter. God wants to communicate to us, and he wants to get through the senses, and however he does, to our human spirit. And that's where transformation takes place. So why does God prefer to use a still, small voice? Because perhaps it's best suited to a relationship with free, intelligent beings. Heaven will not be populated by people who were coerced to believe or to follow him. It's not going to be populated by people coerced. It'll be made up of people who freely love and desire him. And that's the relationship our Heavenly Father wants. One that we have freely chosen. And so God partially hides himself, not so that we can't find him, but so that those who really aren't desirous of him won't find him. Friends, I think the careless nor the willfully blind won't hear his voice. The one who wants nothing to do with will have a more difficult time hearing it. Now, I'm not saying God won't speak to them because Saul on the road to Damascus was brutally against believers. Now, he thought he was religious. He thought he was doing God's work. Or you take people who are steeped in some false religion, whatever. God still choo- God is still God. He can choose whatever he ways, ways he wants to communicate. But I'm just saying, a humble heart, coupled with a desire to draw close to God, will hear his voice. A humble heart, with a desire... To draw close to God will hear. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If God is always speaking to us at a loud level, then he won't be able to alert us when there's something dangerous or something dramatic he has to communicate to us. It's like... um, now, I can't even use a human illustration. It would just wreck it. But just suffice it to say that God does not always use 
the explosive communication, but there are times when he may do that to get our attention, like Joseph and the Magi and Nebuchadnezzar and, and different times and uh, where God will use some dramatic form of communication. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced writing on the wall. I have never experienced that. But maybe there's been another form of communication that to you was pretty dramatic and God got your attention. You were, you were listening. Maybe it was to warn you of something that's going to be happening in life or, or of a per- particular individual or person or decision that you should or shouldn't make, whatever. But God has ways he wants to communicate with us. So, what do we do about this? And so in your handouts every week, you've got kind of a practicum where we want to take a few moments before you leave and, um, and just kind of practice something. And then you've got some homework and, um, and I'll explain the homework to you in a minute. But let's just look at this uh, practicum for a moment. Last week, we, we had some homework. And, and, but here's, here's a question. Um, maybe, maybe we'll answer this one just with a show of hands. And maybe some of you already answered it partially. How many have heard God speak through a dream? How many have heard? Okay, great. How many have heard God speak through a vision? You've been awake. Awesome. How many of you have heard God speak an audible voice? Anybody? Awesome. Wow. How many have heard God speak through an angel? Messenger from heaven. Anybody? How about preaching? Has God ever spoken to you through preaching? God has spoken to me through my preaching. That's it. How about a whisper? Still small voice. Some of you have experienced almost all of those. Different times in your life, different times of your, your uh, walk with the Lord. But if you've ever heard God through an audible voice, an angel, or something quite unusual, I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a note, email, whatever. Uh, I'd really like to hear about that. But here's some, some questions that we're going to answer. And in a moment, we're going to have just some soft music playing so that you can just kind of uh, think and, and meditate on these questions and it won't be long and so we just appreciate everybody just kind of hanging with us until uh, this is done so that we cut out as much distraction as possible maybe answer some of these questions have you ever experienced God speaking to you in any way other than through scripture or a still small voice ask him to remind you of anything you may have forgotten and write it down and if there's no room in your there's room in your notes, if not, there's some room in the bulletin as well. Is there a time that you recall him speaking to you in a still small voice within your thoughts? Write it down. So whether you answer A or B or both, um, just kind of ask him to remind you of it and write it down. And then the second one, ask God, what question would you like me to ask you? Now, that's kind of an interesting question to ask. Or what question would you like me to ask you? And if nothing necessarily, you know, you put your pen on the paper, and if nothing necessarily comes to you, and you don't hear a question, then maybe one of the following. Lord, is there someone you want me to encourage? What do you want me to say? Is there someone you want me to do something for? What do you want me to do? Or is there someone you want me to pray for? What should I pray for? What would you like me to stop doing in my life? What steps should I take for doing this? What would you like me to begin doing in my life? What steps should I take? Is there anything I need to confess and ask forgiveness from you for? Is there anything I need to confess and ask forgiveness from someone else? Now, we're not going to have time this morning to do all the questions. So don't get nervous. But... Maybe there's a question the Lord will give you, or maybe there's one of those that you'd like to answer. But start with step one, and go to step two, and let's see how far we get in the next few moments as we just have some background music to help us.
Father, we are so grateful that you are so desirous of having a relationship with us. Not a one-sided communication, but communication going both ways. Not sure who it is this morning, but seems for one or maybe more people here that there's a verse that's just going over and over in my mind that I just want to share with you and if it's for you then I just want you to receive it as a word from the Lord for you the portion of the verse that keeps coming over and over in my mind is they that sow in tears shall reap in joy And God has seen your tears. He's heard the anguish of your soul and your heart. And he is working on that which you've been weeping to him about. And I don't mean weeping in a a negative type tense, but a burden and a passion on your heart. And from a compassion within your heart as you've been crying and allowing that emotion to be spilled out to the Lord on that which you've been praying for or the person or situation or whatever. God is hearing your cries and your prayer. Just as he heard the cries and the prayers of the nation of Israel and brought deliverance to the entire nation, God is going to be bringing deliverance to that situation, circumstance in your life. And so don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't faint, for God has heard your prayer, and he is hearing your prayer. And he's working on your behalf. And Lord, for all of us here this morning, we are desirous to draw closer and closer to you and We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your heartbeat. We want our hearts to beat with a passion of your heart. And we're so grateful that Jesus has made the way for us to have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. Father, I pray your blessing upon each person here as they go through the homework and endeavor in their quiet time with you to allow you to speak to them on what command you have for them from the scripture they're reading or how might they apply it to their life what are you asking them to change or what sin are you wanting us to confess and turn from Lord help us as we We seek to know you more and more. And we thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we have the capacity to hear you. You said, my sheep, hear my voice. And we follow you. Thank you, Lord. scripture verses I want us to read together as we prepare our hearts for giving of our tithes and offerings and